Welcome to the Startup CPG Podcast. We help startup CPGs grow faster by providing resources, connections, and opportunities to shine. The purpose of this podcast is to uncover the nuanced stories and processes behind our favorite new products. On today's episode, I sit down with Zach and Lizo, the co-founder and head of product for Bissy Energy. Bissy is creating social equity for smallholder farmers in Nigeria through the use of caffeinated kola nut products. Zach shares the magic of the kola nut fruit, what's so special about it, some of the rituals that come from West Africa that are being brought into this energy drink. More than that, it's about how to build a company that's more than just the brand and product. And passion met with persistence produces results. So your idea doesn't have to start off as this next big thing. You know, big things often have small beginnings. Zach wants to bring awareness to West African cooperative farming, build transparency into the supply chain from the very beginning. Using our hero ingredient, I think we can further differentiate our brand and speak to more of an African-American user base and continue to build on that culture of Black excellence in the United States and abroad. So without further ado, here's Zach and Lizo, and he's going to start off by sharing the history and inspiration behind Bissy Energy. It's, it's been quite the journey. My co-founder James and I, we're, we're both former collegiate athletes, and we enjoy staying busy with sports and projects outside of work. And we started to realize that coffee just wasn't doing it for us anymore as a reliable energy source. You know, it requires drinking a lot. Um, you're hit with frequent bathroom breaks. You get that hard afternoon crash. Jitters are just so hard to get over. And it's not always convenient to drink. So serendipitously enough, I was actually reading through an old family book written about my great-grandfather, who is a traditional chief in Onisha, Nigeria. That's in the southeast region of Nigeria. And I was inspired by some of the practices that he led every day. He spent a lot of his time sharing his resources with people in his community and exchanging our hero ingredient, kola nut fruit, as gifts to some of the community members. I've always known about kola nut to be a powerful stimulant. So when I realized that others had no clue what I was talking about, I kind of felt a responsibility to share more about it and the use and benefits of this ingredient. We quickly identified that there are no products currently on the market that use natural kola nut as a source of caffeine. And following in my great-grandfather's footsteps, we looked at kola nut as a blessing to share with the world. I took this opportunity to create a new community of energy drink consumers and build out what we call an equitable and sustainable supply chain in Nigeria. Um, we started asking people how they like to get their daily boost. And a lot of our family and friends you know, that we spoke to at the beginning, they they would say that they drink tea and energy drinks, but they weren't that interested in the bitterness of coffee and the, the need to add fatty compliments, you know, such as sugar and cream. You know, some were still looking for something that they could fall in love with, and they're disappointed in the lack of like a great tasting, healthy energy drink. From then, we started building out home brews in our kitchen and uh, really just started beta testing colona on a range of people. And some of those people, you know, whether they drink coffee or they're non-coffee drinkers or they relied on energy shots and drinks, um, or if they're you know athletic and they would use supplements, we received glowing feedback for some of our early iterations, not just for what we've set out to do with our social mission, but people really fell in love with the taste and the energy function of colonut. 
So as a response, we built out our first product and we got funded successfully for $30,300 on Kickstarter. And I think that kind of just demonstrated that there is a consumer market for Bissy and, and Colina as an ingredient. It does exist. And we've nearly sold 10,000 units of Bissy and our product was a major success. You know, today our repurchase rate online is 7% and we've spent less than $1,000 on marketing. Sounds like you've got a lot of traction so far and energy drinks are a crowded space. So how will you stand out to customers online and in the store? Yeah, it is a really crowded space. Um, there's definitely, you know, saturation in the market for energy drinks. But I think coming into this, you know, taking an omni-channel approach to sales and, you know, taking in revenue from direct-to-consumer sales online, um, finding retail um, shelf space in the grocery stores, and then even taking the time to get feedback and, and interact with customers, uh, you know, on-premise and coffee shops and bars. I think that's really key to our growth. Um, you know, early on, one of our strategic approaches was getting corporate accounts. So putting it in corporate kitchens or their micro kitchens, as they call it, I think is also a great way to get more exposure for our brand. Um, we plan to open up some of our product offerings on Amazon in the next few months when we launch our carbonated drinks and our cola nut powder. But, you know, in terms of standing out in this space, the product itself is an ingredient that has high non-consumption in the U.S. Um, so using our hero ingredient, I think we can further differentiate our brand and speak to more of an African-American user base and continue to build on that culture of black excellence in the United States and abroad. You know, cola nut's a great ingredient that I think a lot of people can get behind and fall in love with. It's kind of interesting when you look at the healthy energy drink space, um, there's only a few competitors that really stand out on the shelves that actually have like a plant-based or a healthy alternative um, to coffee. Who are those competitors? Some of the competitors, there's Runa, um, who focuses on Gaiasa, which is a natural plant, naturally caffeinated plant from Ecuador. And there's also Gaiaki, and we know them famously as the Yerba Mate drink, the yellow can that you see on the shelves. And they also source from South America, and those are healthy ones. I really do like Gaiaki. And David Carr, who's the CEO, he has this quote, um, which is a favorite of mine. He says that everyone has a plant spirit that they identify with. I think ours and a lot of our customers, that plant spirit might just be cola nut. I love that you call cola nut your hero ingredient. It really keeps in the storyline of this legend. Cola nut kind of sounds like Coca-Cola. Are people already familiar with cola nut? Can you tell us a little bit more about the cola nut fruit and how it's traditionally been consumed? Yeah, it's funny. I think people are more familiar with cola than they actually um, believe. Though it's widely unfamiliar upon first hearing the word cola nut, interestingly enough, it was used to create uh, two of the more popular soft drinks across the globe. Cola nut was first used in Coca-Cola and Pepsi-Cola and has been used in their production of the first syrup formulas as a flavoring ingredient. To tell more about cola nut, it's a fruit from the cola tree that's actually native to the tropical rainforest of West Africa. And the trees can grow extremely large. They're nearly 30 to 35 feet tall, um, and they're easily confused as cacao trees. And what's fascinating is that nearly 50% of the world's cola nut production is harvested in Nigeria, where we've partnered with our farmers. And there's actually a three-state region in the southwest of Nigeria that produces nearly a third of the world's cola nut production. And the farmers I work with are some of the highest quality cola nut farmers in the world. 
And when I walk around these farms, it's really an incredible sight to see. You know, you, you look at a colonut pod, it's very similar to cacao. When you open it inside of the pod, it contains anywhere from five to 15 seedlings. Colonuts are then broken down even further into lobes. And in Nigeria, traditionally, that's how they're consumed, raw. Depending on the region in Nigeria, it's consumed in different ways. So in the north, the farmers and their workers will chew on colonut all day to keep them energized um, under the hot sun. In the southeast, in Igbo land, colonuts used as a remarkable social symbol of hospitality and goodwill. So it's often consumed at weddings, naming ceremonies, funerals, uh, large religious gatherings, and more generally, it's just shared when you enter someone's home. Funny enough, you know, in the UK, you're often greeted with tea when you visit someone's home. In Southeast Nigeria, you can expect to receive colonut when you walk through the door. Hmm, that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing the traditions behind colonut. How do you plan on incorporating those traditions into your brand? I think just speaking to um, a lot of our customers and kind of sharing those those traditional values that are used in Kolonai in Nigeria. You know, it's I think when people have our energy drinks, they should consider it as a, as a gift. It's, you know, we're using something that's come from a place where it's highly revered. I think a lot of people can get behind the significance of that. Absolutely. Thank you. When Coca-Cola used Kolonai, they used it for a flavoring, but you're doing something different with colonut. You're using it for the energy and uplifting benefits. Tell us more about the healthy benefits of consuming colonut. It's highly revered in West Africa for its health benefits. You know, even in Coca-Cola, it was initially used for the health benefits. Um, and that's when, you know, John Pemberton put it into a syrup. Once he found that people really liked the taste, that was when he introduced it to the soda fountains. But, you know, some of the health benefits that are known in West Africa is that it'll increase your blood circulation because of the caffeine and theobromine. It's also a natural bronchodilator, um, which means that it opens up your airways to make it easier to breathe. And then, obvious enough from the caffeine, it's an energy boost. So you, you're stimulated from consuming colonut. And how does one experience drinking Bissy energy drink? How is the experience compared to other energy drinks? The experience is something else. Um, it's it's a natural caffeine. So a lot of these other energy drinks on the market, they use a lot of artificial flavorings and artificial ingredients, um, some of which I even have a hard time pronouncing. Um, so when you drink Bissy, you're drinking a plant-based, all-natural, healthy energy drink um, where all of the caffeine is solely derived from Colonut. Colonut sounds like a really exciting ingredient. What do you understand about your business that other companies trying to innovate in the energy drink space might not get or might make it hard for them to replicate a colonut based beverage? I think it'd be really hard to replicate what we're doing. Uh, first of all, I mean, we care so much about our the entire value chain, um, and that starts with supporting our farmers. So you know, being able to source directly from these farmers um, and making sure that we're getting the highest quality colonut um, is, is a very hard thing to do. Um, just like any international supply chain, it's extremely, extremely messy. Um, and so organizing that, um, it takes a lot, of, a lot of work, a lot of persistence, 
and at its core, a lot of trust with your partners. Um, I also think that, you know, building a brand, a social mission and embedding that into your, into your enterprise, um, you know, it's, it's critical. And so for us to do that using an ingredient from West Africa, um, for other companies, I, I actually hope that they would work with West Africa and some of the farmers there. Um, but I, I just think it's a really difficult thing to do. Absolutely. Can you tell us more about your sourcing partners? Who are these farmers? How did you create those alliances? And who are other partners supporting this social mission? Yeah, so our value chain starts with CRIN. So it's the Cocoa Research Institute of Nigeria, federally mandated research institute um, located in Ibadan, just north of Lagos. Um, and they study five different crops. So that's coffee beans, cocoa, tea, cashew, and kola nut. They manage numerous farmer cooperatives, of which we currently work with seven farmers in their 1,000-plus kola nut cooperative. They support our efforts to source kola nut and advising the farmers on better farming practices. And then from there, where we, after we source the kola nut, we then need to process it. So we've partnered with an ingredient processor in Lagos, and they do a light processing on the kola nut into a fine powder, which can then be used in our beverages and our soon-to-launch powder bags. From the beginning, it was a really important pillar of our mission to vertically integrate our supply chain in Nigeria. Um, I knew that this would allow us to maximize those opportunities for the workers and the people on the ground and ensure that our colona is of the highest quality before being shipped overseas. The alliances that we've established are very mutually beneficial. The fact of the matter is that over the past two decades, colona consumption in Nigeria has declined drastically. Younger Nigerians just don't consume nearly as much kolana as the older generations. And so a lot of those social and ceremonial traditions um, have been lost in time. And with consumption so low, these farmers have been forced to focus on other crops. And it's just really hard to generate a steady income. For example, you know, in the 1980s, Nigeria was responsible for nearly three quarters of the global kolana production in the world. That's producing over... Uh, 154,000 metric tons of kolana annually. Since then, over the last you know 20 to 40 years, production has dropped by more than 25%. And so marketers that we work with in our association that sell kola traditionally to these local markets, they've had an increasingly hard time doing so. So they see this partnership with BISI as a, as a new and trusting way to market and sell their kolana that's locally grown and to sell it all over the world. Are there other superfoods coming out of West Africa? What's the potential for foreign investment? And what are you hoping that other companies will learn about partnering with West African farmers? I think more notably, and one of my favorites is Cooley Cooley. Um, they're based in Oakland, but they source uh, what's called Moringa powder. It's a superfood that's grown in, in Niger. Um, and I actually use it in my morning shakes, which is really tasty and provides good sustenance for my day. There's also fonio, which is a gluten-free ancient African super grain, um, and that's grown and consumed in all over West Africa. And then one of the more fun ones, there's the SE Spice Condiments. If you're looking to spice up some of your dishes, look no more. You know, you can turn to SE Spice and they have nice West African style spices um, that are really good. It's, it's just fantastic to see that, that people are gaining an appetite for West African superfoods. I think, you know, recently Whole Foods, they, they put out a report for their 2020 trend list, 
And I actually noticed that West African superfoods are ranked number three. Um, so I think I think what we're starting to see is that you know a lot of these superfoods are starting to be incorporated into into our daily meals. It's clear customers are diversifying their palates and getting more experimental and learning about different ingredients. And Bissy is so much more than just an energy drink. Many companies tend to put off incorporating sustainability and transparency into their supply chain, but you've clearly made this part of your mission since day one. Why was it important to you to build that sort of foundation into your company from the beginning? And what were the challenges associated with it? <laughs> yeah, so it was important to support our farmers um, with certain certifications and just even in our incorporation as a public benefits corp, you know, making sure that all stakeholders are taken accountable um, and brought to the table. I thought that was really important. So you know, securing a channel for our farmers to be able to sell their supply at a premium price. We try to limit the, any risk to price volatility that they would see in the local markets and when they, you know, turn to international markets to sell. And this in turn, it provides them more opportunity to be able to hire more employees and, and not rely on some of the unethical practices of child labor. So establishing like a grading system for colon supply, um, it only further encourages organic practices and offset um, prohibit the use of pesticides. So a lot of these, a lot of these certifications and a lot of the different standards and practices that we see um, internationally um, that are being adopted by farmers, I think it's really important and it encourages healthy practices. Sure. Did you receive feedback that you should wait until later to incorporate your social mission? Do you have any discerning advice for future CPG founders who are wanting to build a social good business from the beginning? Yeah, we, we received a lot of feedback um, for people just telling us to focus on making a good product and, and finding a market fit. I think that's the traditional way of, of approaching a business. But I don't think that that should come at the cost of not establishing a social mission from the beginning. I think what we're seeing more and more in the CPG space is that embedding a social mission in your product can actually resonate more on a personal level with customers and might actually be the deciding factor above price and quality for certain customers when they buy your product. And then in terms of giving advice to other founders, you know, advice that I would give that I think applies to almost anything we do in life is intent. I, I think intention is everything. And as long as your intention is clear and can be easily understood from your core customers, then I think you're on the right path. I, I also think intent fuels passion and passion met with persistence produces results. So your idea doesn't have to start off as this next big thing. You know, big things often have small beginnings. Beautifully said, Zach. And you're very much at the beginning of your journey. When we were talking about Bissy Energy Drink, you mentioned your long-term vision for creating a more robust certification program for crops like the colonet in West Africa. Can you elaborate a little bit on that vision? Yeah, of course. I just believe that what's core to what we're doing in our social mission is that when you're building a transparent international supply chain, we should shed more light towards the actual boots on the ground and, and focus on empowering the smallholder farmers. Um, what we see in the markets today is that you know multinational food processing companies, they're embracing more of a backward integration and um, they're establishing their own commercial farms and empowering smallholder farmers through outgrower programs. And so as we scale, we eventually want to join and lead that movement. 
you know, some of the more important modules that I think we'd like to focus on in West Africa in a certification program would be ethical sourcing, fair wage compensation, um, playing an active role in environmental stewardship. You know, this, this means encouraging regenerative farming practices and using sustainable packaging for supply and end product. I think these are very easy to adopt and they're some of the modules that make up the core of our brand DNA and social mission. So Zach, what is your long-term vision for this brand? Our long-term vision is we want to create more sales channels for West African produce. And my, my personal goal is to make Bissy a household name. You know, I see, I see longevity in providing people energy. And why shouldn't that energy come from kola nut, a highly revered ingredient that can easily be scaled and, and sold all over the world? You know, it's been proven before in Yerba Mate, in Gyasa, and even Matcha. If you were to ask me, I, I believe kola nut's up next. Amazing. So where can our listeners find your kola nut products right now? So you can find Bissy Energy drinks online through our store. That's at BissyEnergy.com. Um, if you subscribe to our newsletter, we will send you email notifications periodically, and those have some really good discounts and exclusives. Um, we are also in a limited number of stores on the West Coast. Um, in the next few months, we're going to be launching our larger size carbonated drinks, and we're also going to launch our powder bags. So those will be seen in, in a lot of different convenience and grocery stores. Um, you'll also see it in supplement stores. And then soon, you know, you'll be able to just go onto Amazon and purchase our goods there too. But by default, visit our store, check it out, learn more about what we're trying to do um, and how we want to support our farmers, our partners, um, and you guys, our customers, um, and enjoy our products. Thank you so much, Zach. I'm really excited to try your new SKUs. I've already tried your first product. It's delicious. So um, thank you so much for being on the Startup CPG podcast, shedding light on the kola nut fruit and West African agriculture. Yeah, thanks, Amanda. It was, it was a real joy being on this podcast, and I can't wait to hear your feedback on our new products. If you like what you heard, you're interested in learning more, sign up for our newsletter at startupcpg.com. That's where we send out all of our events. You can get involved by joining a virtual Zoom happy hour. You'll learn about the latest podcast episodes as they come up, insights about the Startup CPG community. Sign up for our newsletter at startupcpg.com. We definitely want to have you involved, potentially even feature you on our podcast. So thank you for listening to this podcast. Special thank you to Adam Yee of My Food Job Rocks for providing technical expertise and moral support while we produce the first few episodes of this podcast. I would also like to provide credit to the Super Fantastics for our intro and outro music. That is the band of our founder, Daniel Scharf, and every band member works at the company Eat Just Incorporated. You probably know them for the vegan egg scramble. They perform all over San Francisco. You can follow them on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for listening to the Startup CPG podcast.